Premier Christian Newscast. Hello and welcome to Premier Christian Newscast. I'm Tim Wyatt and this week we're diving into the world of the Catholic Church's ambitious reform programme. Pope Francis launched a drive last year to overhaul the church, urging Catholic leaders in each country to hold synods which would consult ordinary lay believers about the issues they wanted change on. The so-called synodal project is not just a huge consultation exercise, but it's also an attempt to open up hierarchical and rigid church institutions for good, ushering in a new era of democratization and reform. But what happens if the answers coming back from the Catholics in the pews aren't what the Vatican wanted to hear? A row has broken out this summer between the German Catholic Church, which has led one of the most far-reaching and radical synodal programs, and Rome. German lay Catholics have said that they want change on flashpoint issues, such as married priests, women's ordination, and blessings for gay unions. But the Vatican has pushed back hard, insisting that these synodal processes were not intended to open up sweeping doctrinal reforms, and warning that the German way could lead to outright schism in the Catholic Church. In today's episode, we speak with two Catholic journalists who are deeply plugged into the church's internal conflicts to find out how the German church ended up at loggerheads with the Vatican and what the synodal process might eventually lead to. Well, thanks so much for joining us, both of you. Uh, could we start by just asking you to introduce yourselves briefly? Um, Renato, why don't you go first? Yeah, thanks. Uh... Great, great to be here. Uh, thanks for having me. Uh, I'm Renato Schlegelmilch. Um, the name is, is difficult for the Germans to pronounce it. This is for, for the English-speaking people. Um, I'm an editor for Dome Radio, which is um, the uh, largest Catholic radio station in Germany. But I also uh, travel down to Rome every once in a while to report on the Vatican. So I have an overview about the German synodal process, uh, but also about the stuff that's happening in Rome at the moment. Brilliant. We're really glad to have you. Uh, and Christopher, who are you? Yes, so I'm um, Chris Lamb, a Vatican correspondent for the tablet and uh, wrote a book about Pope Francis called uh, The Outsider, which looks at uh, the Pope's uh, battle to reform the church and, uh, yeah, covering the Vatican, Pope Francis and the Catholic Church globally. Brilliant. Um, well, I think a lot of our listeners might be not very familiar with the kind of overall kind of Catholic synodal process or even the word synodal, which is a slightly unusual one for lots of people. Um, I wonder if Chris could just start by asking you, could you give us a little bit of background about where all this came from? Why did Pope Francis kind of launch this 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 uh, program of multi-year program to try and introduce synods and things into the church? What was he hoping to achieve? Okay, well, it's a it's a big question and a big topic, but I think in the in the simplest possible way, it's uh, it's the church's attempt to plug itself into to the future to open paths for renewal and reform, so uh, the church can more credibly proclaim the gospel uh, to the world. I think that's how Pope Francis broadly sees the uh, synodal process and he has said that we shouldn't talk about a synodal church or a synodal way of doing things for him the church is synodal or it's not the church and 
by that he means church that is listening is accompanying people is trying to discern the will of the holy spirit and is trying to be like the church in the acts of the apostles and you know he has said if you want to know what a synodal church is go and read the acts of the apostles so i see this broadly speaking as um the pope's really his legacy um his roadmap for the future of the catholic church um and I, and if you want to go a bit more theological it is really the two driving forces that were behind the second vatican council is influencing the pope today the second vatican council was the great gathering of the catholic church's bishops in 1962 to 65 which set out a kind of blueprint for the contemporary church and the two driving uh, principles behind that were an idea of going back to the sources of christianity the beginnings of christianity to try and find a way to forward in the future and also to update the church so the idea that the church has to always present the message of jesus in new ways to each new generation and i think that's also what is behind this synodal process is it fair to say that kind of traditionally speaking the catholic church has been quite a hierarchical institution and that all the kind of that kind of formal power is mostly held by by clergy bishops notically by the vatican and and in broad terms the kind of synodal process is about trying to open up that a little bit and 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 devolve or uh, some kind of authority or or in consultation process with with kind of ordinary lay catholics i think that's certainly part of it and the recent church history if you want to say has seen the the catholic church work in a very much with a focus on the hierarchical um, nature of the church the vertical top-down command control models of doing things and there were specific historical reasons for why that model of governance grew up um, but really what has changed things is obviously the the culture that the church operates in particularly in the west is challenging the church to to rethink but also the sex abuse, abuse crisis which exposed profound institutional and cultural failings and obviously has led to demands from many catholics across the church for for, for reform so yes there has been in the church's recent history uh, a focus on the hierarchy nature of the church now i don't think pope francis is saying the church no longer has a hierarchy the catholic church has a hierarchy and there's many theological reasons behind that um, but i think what he's trying to say is actually before the church is a hierarchy it is the people it is a community and trying therefore to emphasize that fundamental nature of the church it's not a hierarchy on its own it's the people first with its leaders and that's what i think is is particularly in in pope francis's mind uh, and renardo would you agree that the kind of sex abuse crisis is kind of hiding in the shadows here and it's almost impossible to avoid that maybe we wouldn't have this synodal process in exactly the same way if the church wasn't kind of reeling from from what is now kind of decades of scandal and controversy yeah, absolutely. I mean, um, you see that a couple of years ago, uh, the Pope uh, has invited all the national leaders of the bishops' conferences into the Vatican to um, look for ways to handle the situation. And I'm sure um, if you look especially at the uh, at the headlines coming from Europe, coming from America, that this is something that 
just needs to be dealt with. I think um, the problem with the, with the process of synodality and the synod we're having right now, that it's really hard um, to discern what this actually is and what it is about. Because inherently, you can't say before a synod or before a synod like this, what should change, what should be discussed, what what the whole thing should be about. Because um, when the Pope opened the process last year, he said, we need to listen, we need to listen to people from all the countries, all the continents, what uh, needs to change, listen to the Holy Spirit, what needs to change. And so um, you can't go in there and say, um, our problem is the abuse crisis and we need to solve the whole thing. That exactly is the approach, on the other hand, that Germany is going to take. Um, we're probably going to get more into this, but um, in short, Germany started the whole process of themselves, which they call the Synodal Path, which is completely separate from what Rome is doing since last year. So Germany started the whole thing in 2019, and they did exactly that. They said, we had an abuse crisis that's um, shattering the whole concept of uh, the Catholic Church, shattering all the um, the trust from the people all over the country. And they say, we have this problem, we need a solution. And so that's the idea. That's uh, what uh, the German process is trying to accomplish. And that the whole thing leads to a bit of a conflict because, as I said, the, the Vatican, the Pope, understands synodality completely on a different level. And so what exactly is the Vatican's kind of vision for what the synodal process will achieve then? I mean, if it's, is it if they're restricting these kind of big flashpoint issues such as, you know, abuse or, or women's ordination or, or even gay marriage and saying those aren't on the table? What what does Rome want to talk about then? I think it depends on who you ask. <laughs> Some the, 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 there are people um, who see it like the Germans do, um, who say these are the points that need to change. But uh, from from other countries, from from conservative countries in in, in Africa and Asia, South America, I think to a certain extent, um, they say um, the church needs to concentrate more on its message, uh, needs to concentrate on uh, the gospel, needs to concentrate on ev evangelization. So. Um, there are different diff, diff, different factions, different people who um, want to achieve different things. And at this point where we are right now, which is um, the, uh, the, 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 on the national level, the different countries um, asking the people what needs to change, uh, at this point uh, that hasn't uh, gone back to Rome yet, at least not publicly. So we don't we don't have the full picture yet. So that's the kind of process, isn't it, Chris? Correct me if I'm wrong. Is that the the kind of the Pope kind of opened the floodgates and, and asked each individual kind of national Catholic Church to run its own kind of synodal process and then to gather um, kind of feedback and some and draw together some conclusions and then those national kind of documents are going to be fed into a, an international kind of super synod next year. Is that have I understood that correctly? That that's right, and we're getting slowly but surely the um, national reports and from what is being publicized there is you know similar issues that are being raised uh, particularly by the churches in in the west obviously in, in different ways um haven't seen enough of the reports from from africa or asia yet but uh there are for example 
different themes that are coming through, particularly the role of women in the church, church that's more welcoming to to gay Catholics and church that is less clericalized um, or, or less uh, prone to clericalism, which is the idea that that the priests and bishops kind of control what the what the church is doing or have the power control power. So we are seeing similar things coming coming out, and I think that one of the issues here is uh, that this whole idea of being a synodal church or this practice of synodality is still quite a new one really many catholics are saying well in this process this is the first time that i've been asked my view or my opinion um before and so there are bound to be a lot of tensions and there's going to be disagreements and yeah, renato is right that some people see synodality as a way to kind of fix a problem i don't think that's how francis sees it i think he really is putting a lot of emphasis on the process so the idea of listening to the holy spirit of it being a spiritual process i mean almost like prayer in itself it's it's something that really does take a lot of time and struggle and trying to find consensus now that doesn't mean that people just spend their time um talking to each other and doing nothing i mean synodality does mean action but I think what Francis is saying is you can't predetermine the conclusions. Um, you have to have this process. The process has to be right. So synodality is not simply gathering opinions or uh, having questionnaires. Um, it is actually about a listening process. So I think what we are seeing is a kind of everything being thrown up in the air slightly. And that for some people is very uncomfortable and they don't like that. And there's a lot of resistance even in the Vatican, to some of the questions that the German synodal path is is addressing. At the same time, in Germany, there's an impatience and a desire to make these decisions and get on with it, whereas actually there does have to be a consensus of the global church on some of these very contested topics. Premier Christian Newscast. Christian Newscast. I mean, let, let's talk more about Germany then as, as it's come up, as, as that's a, turned into one of the really fascinating aspects of this for me is the kind of the rift that some people are seeing develop between the, the German Catholic Church and the Vatican. Uh, uh, Renato, you can tell us a bit more about this, but as far as I understand, um, when the kind of synodal path reported back, it, it said that there was quite a lot of support from, from their kind of synodal process to, to in quite rad- what would be quite radical reforms, such as allowing women's ordination or blessings for kind of gay partnerships, uh, allowing priests to get married. Um, and, and that led to quite a kind of swift kind of slap back from, from Rome saying, hang on, those things aren't on the table. Is that fair? Yeah, that's uh, that's basically the thing. But um, what's really, really important to understand here, it, as I said, this is not part of the worldwide process. So um, no matter what the Germans uh, vote on, no matter what they decide, 
um, this is not. Uh, this doesn't play any role in the international and the worldwide process. Um, there are things that Germans can change, but these are more um, on a, a structural level. Uh, for example, right now um, they are discussing if there's any way to involve uh, the people of God from uh, the specific dioceses uh, in choosing their bishop, which um, is not intended canonically, but it's not forbidden either. So. Um, there there are ways there are ways to change this what you're talking about um uh, talking about um the role of women uh the, the role of gay people in the church all of that that as chris said that there's not something that one single country can move forward on it needs to be um discussed by by the vatican by the whole church and not even a synodal process like this i think uh can decide this there needs to be a council something like as chris said something that happened the last time in the 60s so um there are these ideas which uh, which have a, a large uh, majority in germany and also a large majority um in the plenary meeting of the german synodal process uh but that's the big conflict um they want to change this um they there's an urgency to vote on this but everybody who's involved with the process actually knows that no matter what they do, they won't change anything. Um, the things you hear around um, the Synodal Assembly is mostly, yeah, we can still vote on this. We can still uh, go with a big majority to uh, to Rome and say, we want this. We want women priests. We want um, a new thinking about uh, homosexuality in the church. But Rome won't do anything about it. So they say um, that the, the larger our vote is, the bigger our majority is on this, the more of a sign this is towards Rome and also towards the future. But they know that they can't change anything on their own. So that's that's a big problem. Mm. And does that frustrate German Catholics? This idea that they've kind of been given a voice and been given scope to express their views but they're hitting up against the kind of brick wall, which is the Vatican and, and, and all the power to actually introduce something like married priests or, or women's ordination is all still controlled exclusively in, in Rome. Does that cause a lot of frustration in Germany? I think, and that's my, 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 my personal experience. I can't uh, look into the heads of the people involved, but I think after talking to many of them, um, what the Vatican thinks doesn't really play that much of a role for them um that's for, for for the organizers for the bishops for the people at, at the top of the whole thing but you have um 230 people who sit uh, in this um in the synodal plenary that uh, comes together every half year um which are the people who vote on this which are coming from all walks of life from 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 all the corners of the catholic world in germany and what what you hear most most of the time is that uh it's less about what the Vatican does at the end, but it's more about the argument. The argument counts, and if they have a good argument, um, that's what's important to them. And that's basically my big criticism of the whole thing: that uh, they don't think the whole thing through. Um, they come with with a lot of uh, theological, philosophical power. They, they these these discussions they have they they go so deeply. I can't even follow them most of the time. It's 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 really interesting that you have uh, top notch theologians from all over the country who ask really important questions, who ask uh, who look for um, a theological 
fundament to um to change all these things and to give to rome um i think something like that hasn't happened maybe ever or maybe not in the last uh, couple of uh, couple of decades that you have people actually discuss these big questions so deeply so professionally but as i said i think most of them are not really clear what this whole thing leads to and that's basically what what they want what they're looking for is goodwill from rome they were they 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 look for um the moment when rome says yeah you've discussed this you've come to a conclusion um and and we're convinced by your argument and the relationship between rome and uh, and germany is not the best right now so i think that's an illusion to hope for something like that yeah i mean i think the um, the contribution the german synod is making is in offering the theological uh, framework for how reform could take place if it was to be enacted. I don't think the German synod as synodal path as a process is going to um, be in a way able to push through the changes that it wants to. But what I think it it does have a contribution to make is in the the documents it's producing which are very theologically rich and well argued and i think that is the big contribution i think the problem the german synod has had is that it does seem to be a gathering of the kind of professional catholics of germany and it hasn't been uh, close enough to the catholics in the pews the ordinary believers and i think that is where Francis's concern is. Now, the Pope does not have the kind of um, uh, jumpy paranoia that some in the Vatican have about the German synod. And I do think relations are in, in a quite a bad way in some, it's quite tense. And, you know, you can almost, it's like, almost like a second reformation brewing um, if the Vatican's not careful. What the Pope is saying is, have your process, let's listen to each other, But of course, the final decisions are going to be made made by Rome. Um, but what Francis has emphasized to Germans is you, you, this does have to be a process where you listen to, to Catholics on the ground. And the feeling is that Germany has been, it, the German synodal path has been really a gathering of the elites. Now, I was in Australia recently. The Australians have had their own kind of synod. It's a plenary council, which has been going on for four years. And it's sought to listen To ordinary Catholics on the ground, it was you know, over over two hundred thousand people contributed. And now they, at the end, came up with a document that okay, it's not radical in the sense of it's overturning all that's that's come before, but it, there are some very strong proposals that have come out of the process. And so, I think although people look for the, um, the you know the big change that might that might occur. Actually, it is the bottom-up process that's much more significant. And there's movement happening in different ways. And I think, um, you know, the whole question of women deacons is coming up a lot. Um, the, the other questions of how the church can respond to the big social crises, political crises that the, the, the world is experiencing is coming up. And how power can be shared, how priests can operate in a different way. These are actually potentially um, very important changes that will affect Catholics on the, at, the, at the ground level. And I think that, but I think that is the key thing: is 
how much is the synodal process linked to Catholics on the ground? And I think it is going to take a lot of time before the churches are able to really hear from a, a very broad range of voices. It's only the beginning, I think. If, if there are common themes coming out from the various countries, from Australia and Germany and, you know, I mean, there's Catholic churches all over the world. So like there's is a huge multiplicity of voices. But if if after this process kind of settled out, there is there's a really kind of strong consensus around certain changes. Are those going to be on the agenda for the for the Synod of Bishops in 2023? Where, where kind of meaningful decisions could actually be taken that would that would change church teaching? Well, I, I think they will be on the agenda because the Pope said to the church globally, take take these, um, sorry, the church said to the world globally, have these synod processes, listen to people. Um, they've listened to people. They've got what the people have said. Now they now need to, to discuss that. So I think it will be on the agenda whether it will get through is another question. Um, one of the dynamics you have to remember when it comes to the big gatherings of synods in the global Catholic Church is you normally have a very well-organized uh, minority who will seek to block everything. And then you have a much bigger disorganized majority um, who may want to see reforms um, not radical reforms in the sense of overturning, you know, thousands of years of tradition or whatever, but modest reforms. Um, and there will be, though, a minority with a big voice in the media, Catholic media, uh, particularly seeking to block. That's, I think, what the, the dynamic in Rome which is a very different dynamic, I should say, to what's been happening in Germany, where I think the progressive voice has had a, is, is much stronger. Um, so, do we, do we have any idea of, is there any kind of reliable polling about what kind of, is there a majority opinion on these kind of reform issues among Catholicism globally? Or, or is it just not possible to know, you know, what the average Catholic really thinks about something such as women's ordination? Well, I think it's different in different parts of the world, but I think there is polling data out there. I think there are Catholics, say, sorry, there are a majority of Catholics, say, who would support um, the ordination of, of married men. I mean, I think you could probably find voices uh, across the globe to support that. Um, on LGBT questions, that may be more difficult to find a consensus. Um, and similarly, on the role of women, um, the ordination of women priests must be distinguished from the ordination of women deacons, because the diaconate obviously is something that was there in the early church. We've got women, women deaconesses in, in St. Paul, refers to Phoebe, etc. So you do have that precedent in the early church. Um, so the diaconate, female diaconate, is something that may be possible to get consensus over and then of course there's also the, the question of how far can local churches develop their own pastoral strategies for mm. things um could there be uh, a, a different approach to the whole question of lgbt catholics in parts of the world where there is a real pastoral need to um do more um to 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 incorporate and include could it also be the case that there are 
if they you know let's say you were to have a female diaconate um some countries may say yes we want them some countries may say they don't so there's all that whole kind of question to consider as well i think i mean i wanted to ask that to ronaldo it, it do you think it could in the long term end up with something like that where where germany is given a bit more flexibility or f- freedom for the german church to kind of pursue some of their own priorities ra- rather than everything being tightly controlled and universally held by by, by the vatican if you look at what's been happening these past couple of years, um, the answer answer actually should be no. <laughs> um, I'd like to um, look back at uh, the last synod we've had in the Vatican, which was 2019, on the people of the Amazon region. And they had a similar question. They uh, had the question, um, Chris just men- mentioned this, um, of married men being ordained priests uh, there's a different problem there they have um these 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 huge areas uh the hundreds and hundreds of miles uh, in w- one with one single church and they don't have enough celibate priests to take care of this so um before the whole synod there was the idea to get these viri probati which they're called uh, married men being ordained priests and the synod actually voted for this not for the whole church but uh, for this particular region to have uh, married men be ordained priests and even though they've uh, voted on this with a with an astonishing majority uh, the pope did not implement this at this time he said um his argument was that um, the whole synodal process devolved more into a political parliament with uh, people arguing for and against and not a spiritual process. Um, I think, I can't look into his head, but I think um, a big role, a big part of this was um, to open the, the floodgates to have people, which was a lot of the, the, the arguments around the synod as well um, in the Vatican and also in Germany, that when you have one country who gets exceptions for something like celibacy, that you open the floodgates for people in other countries asking for this as well. And having this in mind, having in mind what happened in 20, uh, 2019, I think it's going to be really hard to give a church like the German church, who is um, even more powerful because of the finances, with we have a lot of money, also um, financing a lot of the, um, the, the, the 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 stuff that happens in Rome and all over the world, um, to to give such a powerful, rich country um, there some special rights. I think it's going to be difficult to push through. I yeah. think it is difficult. Um, there are definitely. Um, tensions and and problems. If you try and say, well, one country can do this, and one country can't, you know, can't do that. At the same time, um, there is going to need to be, I think, more flexibility and creativity um, offered at the local level. Um, but obviously, um, what is decided even if the decision is to allow for different local churches to pursue a degree of their own path, that would have to be agreed globally, uh, if you see what I mean. And yeah. that, I think, is, 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 is critical. And there are exceptions. That's nothing new. You have um, pe- people yeah. in, in in the East who have um, uh, exceptions for celibacy. You have uh, a special ri- African right um, this wouldn't be something completely new. 
Mm. Exactly. The precedents are there. So I think it is about finding uh, the consensus and being uh, being creative and looking at the, the precedents. For example, the Eastern churches, um, where there are married priests and different ways of of, of electing bishops and of course there's different ways of choosing bishops in the across europe so yeah or even a more closer to home you have um formerly anglican priests who have who've joined the ordinariat and, and joined the catholic church and they're if they're already married as far as i understand they, they can still be ordained priests if they if they join the catholic church as well as a kind of exception there um just just last same here with the protestants as well is that right yeah i mean just last we're running out of time um but i wanted to ask both of you how do you think this synodal process once you know all the dust has settled will it actually change anything meaningful will we look back on this the way we look back on vatican ii as a kind of enormously significant tipping point for the church and a huge lasting reform or will it just be a kind of a few kind of years of talking and then the kind of process just rolls on and and, and nothing really of, of of consequence happens um renardo what do you what do you think to that question uh, I'm a bit uh, skeptical looking at Germany because we've went through this uh, process a couple of decades ago as well. You, we had the, um, the, the, the Würzburg Synod in the 70s. I think the only way um, you get um, substantial change would be to have the whole thing lead into a, a new council for the whole church, to have a third Vatican council. Um, maybe Chris can be um, a bit more specific on the chances for that, but uh, I think that's that's the only way you could actually have substantial change for the foreseeable future. Chris, what's your view? Well, I think the Pope has started something that is going to continue into the foreseeable future. I, I don't think you can um, put the toothpaste back in the tube. And I think the, the process that is uh, happening, um, when it's done well, I think people... Uh, who take part in it are engaged, enthused, and are really appreciate uh, the 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 synodal experience that they've had. And I think, as I said earlier, we are really only at the beginning stages. Um, I think even if the twenty twenty three synod um, ends in say an inconclusive uh, result in terms of some of the big reform questions, the discussions will continue. And what Francis is saying is, it's not just about a one-off consultation process. What he wants to see is synodal structures at every level of the church. So it's not just one-off, that it's an ongoing thing. I think that's the really significant reform. And also, given we're talking to um, Premier here, I would also stress the ecumenical element to this. And the synod process has been quite clear in the sense that it's saying that that other Christians should be consulted and should be part of it, that other Christian leaders should be included. And so there's actually a very strong ecumenical ecumenical element here. Um, And that shouldn't be underestimated either. I think there are potentially big new opportunities to be explored And I think the Catholic Church can learn from the synodal uh, experiences in the Anglican Church and and in other Christian denominations. So I think this is this is here to stay. This is this is the the new reality for the Catholic Church. And it it potentially 
um, really quite a radical and and um, and dramatic moment. Brilliant. Right, we'll have to leave it there. Thanks so much for your time, Renato, and for Chris. It's been uh, really interesting digging into this topic a bit more, and I'm grateful for your insight. Thank you, Tim. Thanks. That's it for this week's episode of Premier Christian Newscast. We'll be back next Monday morning. And to make sure you receive each week's show sent straight to your phone or tablet, make sure to subscribe on whatever podcast app you're using. If you're enjoying the podcast, please could you give us a rating and a review on your app. This really helps us spread the word about the show. Thanks for listening and see you next time. Premier Christian Newscast. 